Hey friends, thanks for checking out this message from Believer's Chapel today. We hope that God speaks to you in a personal, powerful way. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Word of God with us. All right. Happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there. Thank you. Uh, last night, my wife asked me, uh, you know, both my wife and I both lost our fathers. Um, I lost my father about 23 years ago. And um, my wife asked me yesterday, you know, does it bother you on Father's Day anymore? I was like, nah. <laughs> but then I got here and the presence of the Lord is so powerful, so strong. And I'm just so thankful for God as our father. And, you know, a lot of us have lost our fathers, or maybe we have fathers that have been very disappointing. Um, but I just want to remind everyone in this place that we have a loving father that is perfect in all his ways. And he's perfect towards you. And his love for you will never fail and never falter. And so you that are watching online, those of you in this place, embrace Jesus today. Embrace the loving father. And whether your father is still here and he's a great dad or whether your, your father is still here and he's a bad dad or whether you don't have a father, you never met your father, you have a heavenly father that loves you deeply and strongly and is for you. He's not against you, right? He is going to be um, somebody you can cling on and one that I have clung to for these last 23 plus years. And so I'm so grateful for Jesus and his ability to keep us and to watch out for us and to be there for us. Amen. Amen. So I want to share with you guys, and we are starting a new series today, and it's called In the Trenches. That's the name of the series. And we're going to, it's a series on spiritual warfare. And, you know, it's pretty interesting because spiritual warfare is a topic I really love to talk about. Um, maybe because I'm a guy and I like, I like, you know, um, competition and how many like competition? Anybody in this place? I love competition, you know, like I embrace it. Like I hate to lose, I wanna win. And so when I, we talk about spiritual warfare, we're talking about this fight, this battle going on between evil and good, between God and the enemy. There is a war going on, the Bible talks about it. And so we're gonna get into it over these next three weeks, uh, starting with today. Uh, today, I wanna talk about the name of this message is fight to win, fight to win. So uh, <laughs> I want to, as your pastor, I think I should be vulnerable at times, right? Isn't that probably a good thing? Um, and so I want to share with you today the fight uh, that I got into once in my life. Uh, a physical fight. Has anybody gotten in a fist fight before? Yeah? All right. I'm not talking about, you know, all of us have gotten in fights. You know, we get in fights with different people like uh, our siblings. <laughs> anybody fight with their siblings, right? My sister's here today. We used to fight a lot. Um, uh, you know, we get in a fight with our parents sometimes. We get in a fight with our children. But I, I'm talking about a physical altercation. How many have gotten in some physical altercations before in your life? So a few of you, okay. So as your pastor, I want to share, you know, my, as you know, I got saved and gave my life to Jesus at a young age, like five years old. But I want to share and just be honest and real with you about this fight that I got in. Um, I was, I remember being in the bathroom, and this was in the mid-80s, so I was probably like sixth grade. And back then, you know, you weren't cool unless you had this little six-inch black comb in your back pocket. And I actually ordered one off of Amazon and I left it at home. So I had one to show you, but just pretend for today. I totally forgot it. It's a little six-inch comb and I was like, you know, in the bathroom at the mirror just trying to make sure I look real good, you know, and everything. And, and then this comes this other boy. And he's like, hey, can I use your, let me use your comb. And he didn't say it nicely. He was kind of like, you know, give me a comb. 
At least that's how I perceived it. Um, and I was like, no. And in my mind, I was thinking he could have lice, you know, and it's not, you're not supposed to share your comb because of that, you know. And back in the day in elementary school, they'd check your hair, you know, with those little, to make sure you don't. So I, I'm thinking all this in my head. I'm like, no, you can't use my comb. And, you know, so the kid grabs the comb right out of my hand. And I'm like, no, you can't, you know, you can't use my comb. So I grabbed it back and I kicked him as hard as I could right in his rear end. And then I had my comb, I, I won the fight and I walk out of the bathroom crying. And so that's the extent of my fighting career. And that's the only altercation I've ever been in physically with anybody. So I just wanted to, you know, share that with you. I thought you'd be proud of your pastor. <laughs> It's kind of an embarrassing story, really, right? But, you know, uh, we have all do fight, though. We do get in fights. Again, we get in fights with sometimes our siblings, our spouses. Uh, we get in fights with our coworkers. We get in fights with our children. We fight over all kinds of different things. We have to fight uh, against our weight gain, right? Anybody with me there? We have to fight against our finances. We have to fight to make it. We have to fight... Uh, this, these gas prices, how we have to adjust everything just to pay for gas. We have to do all these different things, uh, you know, to fight to make it uh, here, right? We, we, have to, we have to fight. We all have had fights. We all have to fight. And we will all have to continue to fight. And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, Paul, who wrote a lot of the New Testament, is at the end of his life. And he's going on and on to all these different churches. We read all about it. And he says at the end of his life, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And he's talking about this good fight. Not a bad fight like I got into in sixth grade at a Bible camp, by the way. That's where that was at. Forgot to share that part of the story. At Elam Bible Camp where I got filled with the Holy Spirit that year. That's where I got into that fight, by the way. So anyway... Um, Paul is talking about a good fight that we have to fight, a fight of faith, he talks about, that, we, that he says, I'm at the end of my life, but I have fought this fight. And the thing that I want to get into your minds today, if there's anything else, is this. You need to fight. You need to fight. And you don't need to fight just to fight, you need to fight to win. Now, what are we fighting against? I'm going to just name three things, and we're going to move on. Three things that you're fighting against. Number one, and they're all equal. They're all as equally as important. Number one, you are fighting against yourself. <laughs> I didn't get a lot of applause on that one, but, you know, that's like, that's the one that everybody's like, oh. Right? The Bible says it like this, 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24. It says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Forever. Therefore, I think we have this scripture now. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Here's Paul talking again. He just talked in Timothy. Now he's talking to the church in Corinth. And he's telling them, guys, you have to fight. You have to run and run and fight as a way to win. Don't just fight to fight. Fight to win. 
And he says, and don't just fight against all these things, but he says, I fight against what? My body. I beat my body, make it my slave. So Paul is talking about we have to fight against this inner turmoil we have. Our body likes to do things that the, the Holy Spirit doesn't like, right? Our body likes to do things that are wrong. Our, th- our body likes to do things that aren't good for it, right? Our body likes things like sugar or alcohol or drugs or pornography or uh, things on TV we should be watching. Our spirit says, no, those things aren't good for you. They'll make you fat. They'll make you lose life. They'll make you, right, all these things. And we have to fight against ourselves. We have to fight against ourselves and beat our body, make it our slave. Paul says it like this in a different scripture. I don't have this one up there for you, but uh, he says, I don't understand what I do. The things I don't want to do, I end up doing. The things I don't want to do, I do. And he's going on and on about this. Who will rescue me from this snare of death, he says. Because I want to do what's right, but when I try to do what's right, I can't. And then when I try not to, and he's just fighting this wrestle. He's talking about, he says, who will rescue me? And he talks about, thank God for Jesus Christ, amen, our Savior who rescues us. So we have to fight against ourselves. Now, I'm not proposing you go in the mirror and start punching yourself, right? But you do have to learn to say no to things. You have to say, no, I, that's not good for me. My, you know, just like this, this, this um, passage says, if you want to win a race, you're going to train for it. If you're going to win a game, I have kids that are in sports, lacrosse, tennis, golf. If you want to be, if you want to play them, great. But if you want to win, you've got to practice. You've got to beat your body. You've got to run. You've got to, you've got to do all these things. You need to go to lessons. You need to go all these things. You've got to continue to get better and better and better if you want to win. Now, if you want to be a loser, <laughs> right, don't worry about it. Just do it. Don't practice. Just show up at the games and good luck. You know, you know what I'm saying? Right? This, this applies to our spiritual life as well. If you want to just get by on this earth, if you want to just waste your time and just survive and hopefully make it into the pearly gates one day, then just don't do anything. You're doing a good job at that, right? That's, that's easy. It's easier not to fight, by the way, isn't it? But if you want to win, if you want to take some people to heaven with you, if you want to make a difference on this planet, then you need to fight. You need to fight against your body and the things that are wrong. And you need to say, I am going to do this because God's called me to. And so fight against yourself. Number two, we need to fight against the world. Number one is ourself, number two is the world. Fighting against uh, the, the lives of the world. Society uh, thinks they know everything. But it is counter uh, to the word of God and to what he says. And the Bible says it like this in Romans 12 too. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. You can put it back up. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do not conform. In other words, don't be like the world. The world will say, everybody's doing this. Isn't that such a great lie from the enemy? He's such a good liar. You know, the first lie is, did God really say that? That's what he said to Adam, to Eve. If if you eat of this tree, you know, you'll be like God. Well, God said not to eat. Did God really mean that? Did God really say that? And the world comes and says, come on. Did God really not want you to do this? Is it really that big of a deal? Everybody else is doing it. And it's a breakdown, a breakdown, a breakdown of our 
spiritual love for God, of our, of our passion for God, and we start to lose this fight without even knowing that we're even in a fight. We got to fight against the world and the things of the world. Number three, we fight against ourselves, the world, and the devil. In Ephesians 6.12, it says it like this. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil and the heavenly realms. Now, whether you know this or not, over this place, or, uh, this building, over um, this community, over this world, there are princes and powers of this dark world. There are demonic forces of evil that hover around, that have the, the principalities, they're, they're in stations, they're, in, um, they're organized, and they, have, they fight against God's people and against God's will and his purposes to be done. And there's a battle going on even as we speak right now. There's a battle going on even, uh, you know, if you kind of look at the old cartoons back in the 80s where there's like an angel and a demon on the shoulder, right? And they're trying to tell you what to do, go back and forth and they're fighting. There are literally people, there are literally demonic forces and oppressive spirits that will try to even get you to think this isn't true. This word isn't true. This Bible isn't true. It'll, it'll try to lie to you and say, it's okay where you're at. You're okay. You don't have to fight. You don't have to listen to what Pastor Rich is saying. You don't have to listen to this word. That You don't have to tithe. You don't have to, uh, you know, obey, be obedient to the word of God. God will forgive you. They'll continue to lie and prod and lie and prod. These spirits, you know, the Bible says it like this. The enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. He's filled with fury because he knows his time is short. And so here he is roaming through the earth to see who he can devour. The Bible talks about this. So we have to fight against the supernatural powers of this dark world. We have to fight against the world, society, and its ways, and we have to fight against ourselves. Now, that could seem pretty exhausting already. Like some of you in this place are like, man, I don't even know how I'm going to win the fight against my wife. How am I going to fight against? I don't know. I'm not doing very good with my, uh, my, my finances right now. I'm losing on all fronts. And now you just gave me three more. I'm losing. Thanks, Pastor. The point of this message is I want to encourage you today is that we need to fight to win. Here's why and the only reason why we can win. You have the supernatural power and being and person of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you when you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And Jesus now lives inside of you. And because he lives inside of you, I just want to remind you that he has never, ever lost. And he never, ever will. He's incapable of losing. And the same spirit, right, that we say this all the time, that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, resides and lives in you. And the Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he, the devil, that is in the world. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Greater is God in you than the devil that lives in the world. Greater is God in you than every spiritual force of evil in heavenly places. Greater is he in you than is in the society and the lies that come with it. Greater is he that is in you that can come against your own flesh. And Paul says again, not just that we should fight, but how to fight. In 1 Corinthians, again, chapter 9, verse 24, 
uh, 25, 26 in there. It says, fight in such a way or run in such a way as to win the prize. Now, I want to just park here just for a second, okay? Because we have a lot of uh, fathers and a lot of just people in general that are like, yeah, God's given us a victory. Or yeah, you know, I'm glad I'm saved. Yeah, I, I'm fighting, but maybe I'll make it, maybe I won't. You, you see the attitude that I'm trying to portray here? We're lethargic. But God wants us to fight in a way to win, right? Now, some of you might not be very competitive. Some of you may um, not care if you're, you know, I remember playing putt-putt one time and I was partnered up with somebody and they didn't care if they won or not. It's like, at least try, right? At least try to make this putt, it's only this far. I don't really care. I was like, I don't want you on my team. <laughs> I want a new, <laughs> right? I want a new partner. We have to fight to win. Now, it might not matter if you win a game of putt-putt, but it matters that you get to heaven. It matters that you make a difference while you're here. It matters in the greater scheme of things, right? And so Paul is saying it matters, so fight in such a way to win. Don't just fight to get by or survive. Fight to win. Get used to winning. We don't need any more lethargic people. Jesus, we need to fight to win because Jesus is a winner. We need to fight to win because Jesus never loses. We need to fight to win because it makes a difference. This week, my sister sent me an article that was uh, one of the Apple News feeds or somewhere. And it was written by a, a former NFL safety who's now <clears throat> the... Um, works for AFPI's Center of Opportunity now. His name is Jack Brower, and he brought up a bunch of statistics of um, how we live in a fatherless country. In fact, he says that 25% of our kids in America now grow up in fatherless homes. And uh, he gave some other statistics, which I've actually shared here many years ago. They haven't gotten better, <laughs> they've gotten worse. So I'm just gonna share three of them, or four of them. Uh, here's a couple statistics about a fatherless um, home. 85% of children, children and teens with behavioral disorders come from fatherless homes. I'm going to say that again. 85% of children and teens with behavioral disorders come from fatherless homes. Over 70% of adolescent patients in drug and alcohol treatment centers originate from homes without fathers. 70%, again, 70% of adolescent patients with drug and alcohol treatment and alcohol and tre drug treatment centers originate from homes without fathers, 70%. Out of all the homeless and runaway kids, 90% of them are from fatherless homes. Teenage kids are nine times more likely to drop out of school if they're from fatherless homes. No, Rich, you're talking about fighting. Why are you talking about? I want to talk to fathers. I want to talk to men in this place. Maybe you're here and your kids are old and grown. There are other kids that need your help. Maybe you're a father and you're estranged from your kids. Your kids still need you even if they're old. Maybe you're here today and you're just like, I don't, I've never had kids. There are kids here that need fathers. 
25% of kids in America are without fathers. We have got to fight for kids. We have to fight for families. We have to fight uh, for others' families that don't have fathers. One of the privileges of my life was having an amazing father. My dad, I, you know, Naomi and I talk, argue about whose dad was the best. We never even met each other's father because they were both dead by the time we met each other. But we always argue, no, my dad was better because, you know, da, da, da. Well, my dad, you know, like we go back and forth. We had amazing dads. But there's a problem. Our dads are both gone. And um, as great as our fathers were, um, if they're not there, they can't help anymore. Right? And so we need that. And with that, knowing that I, I, I'm thankful for other father figures in my life. My old pastor who just passed away last year was like my second dad. He just died. So I was like, great. You know, so uh, I'm thankful for other men in my life. Gary Bell's here today. He's given me so much wisdom and counsel and all kinds of things. Um, uh, pastor Mike Webster, who's not here today, but he's a great father figure for a lot of people. Um, but one of the greatest things in my life now is not only being a father now, to my own children, but being a father to so many other people, period. And helping them that don't have fathers to um, know that they're loved. And you know, here's something that fathers do. They see in their kids and in their families what others can't see. They see the potential, they see the vision, they see the hope, they fight. They fight for their kids, they provide, they see what others can't see. And we need fathers, and even there's mothers in this place that are great at being fathers. There really are some amazing women in this place that have had to step up and be a father figure in their own homes as well. And I wanna encourage you to keep fighting for your families, keep fighting for your children, keep holding the lines on the world, the flesh and the devil. Keep fighting for your kids' souls. I love this prayer that we just, played before this message, right, of, the, of this guy praying for his son. We need to say those prayers. We need to continue to pray. My kids probably don't realize this. They think it's creepy. Uh, but when they were little, uh, I would go into their rooms while they're sleeping and just pray, God, help my children. Help them to love you. Help them to know you. Today, I don't go in their rooms anymore. They're older. But when I walk by their rooms when they're sleeping, I said, God, I thank you for Ty. He is awesome. I pray that you bless him, you watch over him. God, I thank you for Marcus. I pray, God, that you keep him, that you watch over him. I thank you for Annika, God, that you love her, that you've made her. And, I, and you need to do this again and again with your children. Pray for them. Pray for the spirit of the Lord to rise upon, up in them. Pray that this God that captured your heart would capture their hearts. God is able. You need to fight for your families. You need to fight for your kids. Love them. Pray for them. Stand with them. Stand for them. Speak truth to their life. You can speak truth in love. The world lies enough to them. Don't you lie to them too. They might not like it but they'll like it one day. The second thing we need to do to fight for our families, the first is pray for them and pray for our kids, do all these things for our kids, is 
the best thing that we can do for our families and for especially for our kids is to love their mother or love their father if you're a female. Love your spouse. You see, kids are half their dad and half their mother. And so no matter where you are in your relationship with their parent, other parent, when you love that other parent, you love those kids. When you don't love that other parent, you're not loving those kids because they are half that other person. I remember um, <clears throat> when I went through divorce many years ago, uh, <laughs> the best and hardest advice that I ever had, I was hurt, I was not in a good place, and I remember one of the, uh, my good father figures that's in this room that I already mentioned, <laughs> gave me the best and hardest advice that I ever had. He says, now, Rich, I told him, I said, divorce is final. And I was hurting. I was not happy. He said to me, he said, now, Rich, you be the best ex ever. I said, I don't think I could do that. <laughs> and that was the best advice. And I think about that. The nine, ten years now I've been divorced, I haven't always been the best ex but I think about that and say, you know what? I need to do that. How can I do that? God, help me to do that. Fight for that. Do that. Some of you in this place, you've been divorced. Be the best ex that you can be. Care for that other person. Care for that parent. Your kids are half that person. Love that person. Care for that person. And then love your spouse, period. Love your spouse. If you're married, Love your spouse. Learn how to love your spouse. <laughs> love them better, fathers, than you know how to play sports. Fight for them more than you fight for being the best griller in the neighborhood. Love your spouse. Learn to love your spouse. Be better at loving your spouse. The Bible says in Ephesians 5.25, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Christ loved the church, loved you and me when we were unlovable. And the Bible says it like this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And what greater love is this than that the man laid down his life for his friends? And Christ showed the ultimate love when we were sinners. We turned our back on him. We didn't want anything to do with him, yet he loved us anyway. And that is how husbands ought to love their wives. That even if you don't get anything in return, even if you feel unloved or she's this or that, love her like Christ loved the church. It's not always the easy thing to do, is it? But we had to fight for love. There's an old uh, statement that says, I'm a, I'm a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> Remember that back in the 90s, you know? I'm a lover, not a fighter. Okay. Do you know love is the hardest fight of them all? So if you say you're a lover, that means you're actually, you have to fight. If you're, you're talking about true love, if you're talking about sexual love, then yeah, okay. But if you're talking about really loving people, that's the hardest fight there is. There's a great uh, lyric in a song that Switchfoot came out with on their last um, album. I think I have it up here. It says, every movie makes love seem easy. They fall in love like a fire burns. And maybe I'm the only one, but it feels like love is the hardest art to learn. 
Love is something that we need to fight for. Love, learning how to love others, how to love our families and especially our spouses is something that is not only worth fighting for, it is something that God has called us to fight for and to do. And so husbands, love your wives. Wives, love your husbands. Get good at it. Get better at it. Strive for it. You know, um, a couple years ago, my, we got on a Rocky kick, my family and I. Anybody watch the Rocky movies? Well, actually, the Creed movies came out. That's like the, you know, Rocky for the new generation. And uh, I think they've, they've got Creed 1 and 2, right, Carly? There's two of them, yeah. And, you know, they're basically Rocky done, done over, really, kind of. And so anyway, you know, the Rocky movies have a lot to learn. We can learn a lot from those Rocky movies with the scripture of 1 Corinthians chapter 9. In 1 Corinthians 9, it, right, it says, run this good race, fight, beat your body, all these things. Uh, run, run, run in such a way as to win, right? We talked about all this. In the Rocky movies, we see the same thing, right? That Rocky, first of all, I want to just kind of show you, if you guys remember the Rocky movies, Rocky had somebody in his corner, right? He always had somebody to encourage him. Rocky, you know, like, Doc, you know, like, whatever. Keep fighting, whatever. Rocky, get out of there. Whatever it was, he always, they always had somebody. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name, right? That old man that, you know, uh, was in his corner. What's his name? Mickey. Yeah, Mickey. He was in his corner, always helping Rocky to fight, training Rocky, showing him what to do, what not to do. He's always with him. We, like Rocky, always need somebody in our corner. You need the church. You need somebody that can help you. You need a father figure in your life. You need somebody that can encourage you, that can tell you, don't do that. Watch out. Fight harder. Come on. Right? Yell, you know, guiding. He always had that. Rocky also was always very disciplined. He became very disciplined. He got up early in the morning, right? You remember the one with the, in Russia where he's running in the snow with the, the log over his shoulders, running, you know, he's through the snow. And it was, it was, you know, he's up every morning training. All those movies that have the training sequences, you know, that lead up to his victory are so amazing, right? Because it shows all the hard work that they had to go through. And on the movies, it looks really awesome. But when it comes to real life and actually having to do that, it's very difficult, isn't it? But we need to be disciplined, uh, just like 1 Corinthians 9 tells us. Be disciplined. We need to get up early and pray. We need to get up early and read our Bibles or stay up later and, and do that. We need to be faithful in the things that God has called us to do. Number three, Rocky, um, <laughs> he beat his body, right? Uh, as the scripture says, beat your body, make it your slave. You know, there's a, there's a picture of Rocky with all those raw eggs and just drinking those raw eggs, remember? Anybody seen Rocky, right? He just drinks these raw eggs. He put things into his body, you know, back then. This is before Seminole, I guess. But um, he, he uh, put these things in his, in his body that would be healthy for him, and he wouldn't eat things that aren't. We need to do the same thing. We need to put things in our spirit man that are healthy for us, and things that aren't keep them out. Instead of allowing just us, our ears to hear anything we want to hear, our eyes to see anything we want them to see, we need to guard our hearts, like the Bible says, our eyes and our ears. And don't let those doorways allow just anything into our spirit lives and just to be able to uh, hear and see things. Because if we want to be healthy, we need to keep some things out. The world will give us junk food. 
but it's not always helpful. It's hardly, it's actually never helpful. It may be, seem pleasant at the time, the Bible says, about sin. Sin may seem pleasant at the time, but in the end, it leads to death. And last but not least, number four, uh, Rocky refused to believe he'd lose. He was in it to win it, even against the big Russian. He believed that he would win. We need to believe. We need to have faith. I have fought the good fight of faith. I have finished my race. Fight the good fight of faith. Guys, it's easier, as I close here, it's easier to not fight. It's easier just to say, you know what, this fight, I'm not, uh, I don't have a sword. I don't really care. It's easy, it's easy to be passive. It's easy to be lethargic. But your family is worth fighting for. Your kids are definitely worth fighting for. Other people's kids are worth fighting for. This church is worth fighting for. Souls are worth fighting for. And you can win. You can fight. And just remember, warriors are not those that, who always win, but always fight. God has promised a victory. He's promised us to win. He just asks us to fight. All your responsibility is to keep fighting, to keep trying, to keep persevering, to keep pers being persistent. So keep fighting, keep striving. Your family needs you, your wife needs you, your husband needs you, your kids need you, the people in your neighborhood need you, the world needs you. I look around and I see people that have fought. I look at this lady right back here, Tiffany, who has fought. Look at her. She has fought for her health. She continues to fight for her kids and for their souls. And Tiffany, you're not alone. We are with you. We're in your corner. Keep fighting. One of the greatest fighters and evangelists of all time was Billy Graham, who passed away not too long ago. And back in the Back in the day when he was on 2020, you guys have heard me share this story before. Barbara Walters asked him, what do you look forward to going to heaven the most? This was on, national, on ABC, national television, primetime, interview with Billy Graham, the greatest evangelist of our time. And he says, he didn't say seeing Jesus or the gold. He looks at Barbara Walters and says, the greatest thing I look forward to going to heaven is that I won't have to fight any longer. On this side of heaven, Billy Graham fought. He fought for souls. He fought for people. He fought for his family. On this side of heaven, we have to fight. Fight to win. God, I thank you, God, for your spirit that resides within us, that gives us the ability, that gives us the strength, that gives us even the motivation to even want to fight. God, I pray that you would stir within us, even from this message, the truth of your word, that it would rise up within us and that we would start to fight this week. I pray for those that are struggling with sin, that they would keep fighting against it in the name of Jesus, that they'd get somebody in their corner to help them. God, I pray for those in this place that are fighting for their families and maybe their relationship with their spouse. God, it's not right. God, I pray that they would fight, whether it's counseling, whether it's praying together, whether it's getting uh, counsel within church, whether it's 
prioritizing their time. God, I pray that they would fight for their marriage. God, I pray for those in this place that are fighting for their children. Maybe their children are, children are estranged or far from you. God, I pray that they would keep fighting in prayer and keep loving them, keep encouraging them, keep praying for them, keep encouraging them, keep praying for them. Don't help them not to give up ever. Don't ever give up. Keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. God, we pray for children that are far from you, that are represented by the parents in this place. God, we ask God that you would save their souls. God, that your spirit would break through the darkest, hardest of hearts. God, and reach them in your love and reach them only the way that you can. You're able to speak to them. You're able to appear to them. God, in dreams and visions. God, you're able to bring others in their path to speak to them. God, you're able to, to, um, to, to speak loud enough for them to hear. God, we come up against the blinders that are over their eyes. We command them to be broken off in Jesus' name. God, we pray their hearts to be softened. Maybe they've been hurt because of maybe a father or maybe something else. But God, we pray, God, that you would come and bring healing and wholeness and bring them back to your love. God, I pray again that you would help us all to never stop fighting. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, would you stand with me? We're going to worship Jesus one more time. Thanks again for checking out this message from Believer's Chapel. You know, the Bible says in Romans 10, 13, that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And it's our hope that you will make today that day to call upon the name of the Lord and to give your life to him. If you'd like to speak to a pastor, please take out your phone, text 315-444-2100, and somebody from our team will be in touch with you. Also, if you're making the decision to follow Jesus from the first time today, text the word Jesus to that number, 315-444-2100, and we would love to celebrate with you. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.